we are kicking off this new series today on the church. It's entitled The Beautiful, Broken, Blended Family. You know, on Easter, we, we talked about this innate desire that all of us have to belong. And what we said on Easter is that all of us have gone from outcast to now adopted, that we have a father in heaven that we belong to, but it's not just that. We don't just have a father in heaven that we belong to. We have a family that he is building on this earth, and that family is called the church. And so we wanted to take this next few weeks and just talk about what does it look like to belong to the church? And what does it look like to participate in Phoenix Bible Church? We say it this way, as I said earlier, love moves. We have a lot of different sayings, but, but, but ultimately the way that shakes out is what we're going to talk about over the next three weeks. And so my prayer for you is if you are new to the church, if you're new to our church, that you're going to learn, hey, what does it look like for me to partner with God's church, for me to belong but also participate in God's church, specifically here at Phoenix Bible Church? But it's also for those of us who aren't new to be reminded of what God has called us into. You see, here's what I know over the last year. It's been a weird year. All right? And it's been a weird year for the local church. I mean, people are watching online. I'm so thankful for our live stream. I'm so thankful for all the stories. Even on Easter, friends of mine on my kids' baseball team, we invited. They weren't ready to come in person, but they watched on Easter. And how I knew he was telling the truth was the next week at baseball practice after Easter, the first thing this dad told me when I saw him is, how about that Mandalorian puzzle? <laughs> and that proves that he at least watched the beginning of the sermon and so I'm thankful for the content online, but the content online is not the church of Jesus Christ. Right? If you're watching at home, I love that you're tuning in. Church isn't content, church is a community. Amen? And so we're going to talk about that, and I think all of us, even if you're a part of Phoenix Bible Church and have been since the inception, six and a half years, I think we all, after this year, need to be reminded, what does the church do? What does Phoenix Bible Church do, and how can I participate in that? So that's my prayer, and here's where we're going. If you take notes and, and kind of want to know where we're headed over the next three weeks, here's where we are headed. The first week today, we're talking about the beauty of diverse gospel community. Next week, we'll talk about the power of gathered gospel proclamation and praise. The last week, we'll end it up with the urgency of gospel justice and mission. And today, we kick it off with this, this beauty of diverse gospel community. So grab a Bible uh, and meet me in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. If you're new to the Bible, just go to the very end of your Bible and flip back a few books and you'll find 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. And we're going to read it together, but just to set it up briefly, this is the Apostle Peter who wrote this book and he's writing it to the early church, the, the church primarily in Peter's context that has been scattered. He calls them exiles earlier in the book. It's a, it's a church that's been scattered across geographically and he wants to remind them, even though you may not all be together and you have different local expressions, here's who you are as the church. Here's primarily what you do. And we get in these two verses, this very dense, compact, profound description of what the church is to be. And so let's look at it together. First Peter 2, 9 through 10, it says this. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So here's what we're going to do in our time together. We're just going to break down that statement, the beauty of diverse gospel community. We're going to break down diverse gospel community. Those are our three points. The first point is this, we're diverse. Verse 9 starts it out. We see these four profound descriptions of the church. Look at it with me. We see we're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Now, what's interesting about these phrases specifically is Peter's not just pulling these out of midair. Like, these sound like really good descriptions for the church, a holy nation. That's that's a good analogy of who you guys are. Peter's not doing that. Peter's going directly to the Old Testament, to places like Exodus chapter 19, to places like Deuteronomy 7, where God called the people of Israel, the Jewish people, these exact phrases. Like, the Jewish people were a holy nation. The Jewish people, the Israelites, they were a people for God's own possession. And and Peter intentionally uses that exact same language to describe the New Testament church. Now, here's what's significant about that is uh, most scholars believe as Peter writes this letter to all these churches that these churches are made up primarily not of Jewish people, Israelites, but the Gentile people. The word Gentile, maybe you read that in scripture and sometimes wonder who were the Gentiles. The Gentiles was everybody else who weren't Jews. The Gentiles literally in the, in the Greek, it's the word ethnos. It means the nations. And so Peter's writing to the nations, not the Israelite nation, and he's saying about all of them, hey, you're the chosen race. You're the holy nation. I mean, I just got to imagine Peter's original audience and, and readers, the Gentiles who have been considered outcasts for so long as they, as they read this about them, they would say, no, 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 Peter, you must be confused. I mean, Peter did get confused, right? Peter, you must be confused about this. That you're, ta- you're talking about the Jewish people, You're talking about the Israelites. You're not talking about us. And and Peter is saying, no, no, no. This is who you are now. This is Jew and Gentile. There's a new chosen race. It's the church of Jesus Christ. Now, again, why would that be so significant? We see for generations, Jews and Gentiles, the Jews and the nations had been divided. And they had been divided even in a place like this, even in the church of, of Jesus Christ, even in the temple that the layout in the temple was by by construction divided. You had temple walls. You had inner courts of the temple. You had outer courts of the temple. You had places that the Israelite people could go and worship God. And then you had places and even signs set up that the, the Gentiles, the nations, they went out here and worshiped God. That even in the church, people were divided, Jews from the nations. And so Peter is saying, no longer that we know from Ephesians 2.14 that Jesus ushered in not just a vertical reconciliation, but a horizontal reconciliation. Ephesians 2.14 gives us that great temple imagery. It says Jesus broke down the dividing walls of hostility. He broke all those walls in the temple that divided people. Jesus broke them down because of his person and his work. And so what Peter is saying here is revolutionary for the early church at that time, that he is putting out there, he's painting a picture of a diverse yet unified church. 
It's radical. He's broadening everyone's scope. He's broadening our scope. Hey, what is the church? This is who it is. It's the nations coming together that Jesus Christ has unified us in our diversity. There were still nations. There were still the ethnos. But in the midst of the diversity, there was unity. And Jesus did just that. Amen? That's, that's part of what we're about at Phoenix Bible Church, this, this diverse gospel community. And we want to look at scripture and see how that's true for all of God's church. Now, we do look at that, and we see some examples uh, in the early church and the eternal church, the early church. The first uh, iteration of the church, Acts chapter 2, was the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was when the Holy Spirit came down and indwelled believers. And and what we see in Acts chapter 2 is that every nation under heaven is represented there. The inception of the church, the Holy Spirit comes and every nation under heaven is represented. And yet this amazing thing happens. It says they were all hearing the mighty works of God in their own tongue. I mean, just try to picture that. Not only the Holy Spirit came, right? That was amazing. But you have every nation represented. Just picture like maybe a a meeting of the United Nations. Like 193 countries speaking all different languages. And and picture that that meeting happening, and yet there are no translators, there are no interpreters. Because everyone is hearing, one person is talking, but everyone is hearing it in their own language. That's the first picture we have of the early church. It's this diverse yet unified group of people. But it's not just the early church, it's the eternal church. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, we see this picture that we'll experience forever, that every tribe, every tongue, every nation is gathered around the feet of Jesus, worshiping him. And we see this multi-ethnic family wrapped around the glory of Christ. It's the early church. It's the eternal church. This is what Jesus came to build. And this is what he's building even through Phoenix Bible Church. One of my favorite things about our church is how different we are. Why? Because in our differences and our unity, we are practicing, get this, we're practicing for heaven. One of my favorite things about being a church in the heart of our city, we're called to the cities because we have a very vivid, uh, vivid picture of this with different ethnicities and different personalities and different cultures and different political parties that are all, I don't know if you know that, they're in this room and they're watching online here. And we're here, we're all elevating the name and the fame of Jesus Christ, amen? That's a practice. You want to practice for heaven? That's practicing for heaven. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but we're not in heaven yet. (laughs) And I I don't know if there's been a better um, example of that than this last year. See, as much division because of our diversity is out there in the world, that is particularly been seen in the church over the last year. And not just like, like globally and like, but like I have pastor friends and, and churches that I know and love in Phoenix that have been ripped apart because of their differences, not brought together. Right? And you realize like, okay, this can be a great picture one day in heaven, but we're not in heaven yet. And we're flawed by our sin, and that invades churches. And so that differences, and we're meant to be unified in our differences, and it's supposed to be this beautiful picture. 
and it's not. So what unifies us in our diversity? What needs to unify the church of Jesus Christ in 2021 in the midst of our diversity? We're going to look at it. I'm glad you asked, right? First Peter, back to First Peter, we see it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see three effects of the gospel in our lives and even in our diversity. The first thing is we have gone from darkness to light. That's what defines our community. We've gone from darkness to light. We've gone from not receiving mercy to receiving mercy. But, but here's what's interesting. This third contrast, look at verse 10. It says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. See those first two, darkness to light. That's an effect of the gospel, primarily that you've experienced vertically and individually. This is the amazing component of the gospel. This is what we experienced on Good Friday and Easter, that you are flawed in your sin. You are destined for an eternity of hell and separation from God. You are dead in darkness. That's the way scripture talks about us. It doesn't sugarcoat it with mistakes and regrets. We are in darkness. We are in death. And the beauty of the cross and the reason why we light up this cross every Sunday and the reason why the resurrection is so powerful and every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday is we have been brought from that darkness and death to light and life. Amen? That's what we've experienced because of the gospel. That's one implication of the gospel. Listen, that you need to hold on to, that you need to carry with you. It is part of who you are in Christ individually. And so is the mercy component. Once you were a people, you didn't receive mercy, only judgment. But now you have received mercy individually, vertically with God. This is profound and amazing, but it gets better. It's not just individually. It's not just vertically. It's corporately. It's horizontally. The gospel is so big that it has changed your life individually. It has changed your life vertically, but it also has changed our lives horizontally and corporately. Did you see it? Not just darkness to light, not just not getting mercy to receiving mercy. It's you are not a people, but now you're the people of God. This gospel, this is the thing. The person and work of Jesus That's what unifies us in the midst of diversity. That's what has always unified the church in the midst of their diversity. In Peter's day, this is what he's inviting them into. In our day, in 2021, this is what he's inviting us back to. Like whatever you thought unified you in the church, certain beliefs, certain affiliations, certain affinities, Peter's saying, no, no, no. All those things are secondary and happenstance just because you might meet somebody who also plays soccer and also has a big dog and also has kids in these ages. That's just like an added benefit. That's not why we go to the same church, amen? The reason all of us, I hope you know this, go to this church, Phoenix Bible Church, is our one commonality. It is in Jesus Christ. We once were not a people. We were in darkness individually Vertically, yes, God has reconciled us to him, but also it has exploded beyond that and that we're horizontally, we're a people reconciled to one another, even in the midst of our differences and diversity. This is what we see in Ephesians chapter two, that we're dead in sin before God, but made alive in Christ. We are saved by grace through faith, vertically. This is individually, but it keeps going, it keeps getting better. Ephesians chapter two, verse 14. 
he also broke down the walls of hostility. And we are reconciled with one another just like we're reconciled with God. Think about it this way. Our sin has both vertical and horizontal effects. You think about the lust, the pride, the greed, the gossip, the selfishness in your life. If you were just to honestly examine those, I know everybody loves to examine their sin. If you were honestly to examine your sins, honestly, even the private ones, you would say, hey, that affects my relationship with God. Even if you're a believer, it affects, it disrupts my fellowship with God. It affects this vertical relationship, but it also affects your horizontal relationships. That lust, it doesn't just make it hard to pray to God. It makes it hard to talk with your spouse, right? That, that pride, that gossip, that greed, it doesn't just disrupt fellowship with God. It disrupts your fellowship with other people, right? And if you're not a believer, it separates you from God and oftentimes will isolate from other people. Sin has vertical effects, but also horizontal ones. Sin has individual effects, but also corporate ones, amen? It just does. And even if we lie to ourselves and say, well, this is private sin, I mean, this isn't affecting anybody, it does. I mean, we could just go through the sins again, but okay, we're moving beyond that. It affects vertical, it affects horizontal. So does the gospel of Jesus Christ. It affects our vertical relationship. God heals you. God forgives you of that lust and pride and gossip and greed. He's a good father and he heals you. You repent of your sin. You confess it. He's faithful and just to forgive you of it. And you can be reconciled to God. You can be restored in fellowship to him vertically. But not just that. The sin that has disrupted your horizontal relationships, God also heals that through the gospel of Jesus Christ. He also brings forgiveness, not just between you and God, but between you and your spouse. This is why marriages can be restored. This is why divorce doesn't have to be the option. This is why churches don't have to split because of their political differences. Because Jesus Christ can bring healing, not just between you and him, but between you and one another. That's why the gospel is so amazing. Anybody tracking with me today? This is why Jesus alive, reconciling us to himself and to one another. This is why the local church is the manifold wisdom of God, scripture says. Because this is glorious and magnificent. That God would do this. That he would reconcile sinners to himself and also to one another. Amen. Amen. D.A. Carson, an author and theologian, he, he said it this way. He said, ideally... The church itself is not made up of natural friends. Get this. It is made up of natural enemies. What binds us together is not common education, not common race, not common income levels, not common politics. I'm running out of hands, fingers on my hand. Not common nationality, not common accents, not common jobs or anything of the sort. Christians come together not because they form a natural collocation, but because they have been saved by Jesus Christ and we owe him a common allegiance. Here's the commonality we all have, a common allegiance to Jesus Christ. That's the one commonality that brings us together in the midst of our diversity. My grandmother, my mom's mom, always made quilts her whole life. We have, we've been blessed to have some of these quilts at our home that my wife doesn't actually let us snuggle with because she says they're too nice. 
And I say, but they're blankets. That's what they're for. She, uh, my grandmother wanted me to snuggle with this blanket. Let me snuggle with it. But she's like, it's too nice. We should frame it or something else. I don't know. But my grandmother would always make these blankets, these quilts. And you know how she would do it? She would take all these different patches, all these different patches that were beautiful in and of themselves. And she didn't change the patches, but she just brought them together. And listen, when she brought them together, I mean, it was beautiful by itself, the, the patches. When she brought them together, it brought a comfy blanket that I wanted to snuggle with. I brought this beautiful picture of unified diversity. How did she do that? She had a thread to sew them all together. See, friend, here's the church of Jesus Christ. These different patches. God saved you out of your sin, out of your pride, out of your lust, out of your gossip. God made you ethnically as you are, your personality. He wired it in you. And God saved that person to himself. Unique, beautiful patch, amazing, glorious gospel of Jesus Christ saved you. But then he brought you together with somebody who was totally different than all that who had an incredibly different story, who had different sins that they struggled with, a different ethnicity, a different background, a different personality. Like some of y'all grew up in Queen Creek and some of y'all grew up in Central Phoenix. Different patches. How do you bring them together? The thread of Jesus Christ. The person and work of Jesus Christ. The lightness to the dark, or the darkness to the light. The one who has saved us. Jesus Christ is the thread bringing all this together. And and listen, you're beautiful in your own way, but when you come together, unity and diversity, that is glorious. That is what God is building. These are the massive implications of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a diverse, it's a gospel community. That's our last point. What what does it look like to be this, this kind of people? We're a diverse, we're a gospel, we're a community. Three times in this passage, Peter says, people, people. We see another text in the New Testament. We're a body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. We're a family of God, 1 John, or John 1, 12. We're God's building, God's temple, 1 Corinthians 3, that all of this gets shaked out in a people, in a community, that the church is not primarily a building that you attend. It's a people you belong to. That's why Peter says, you're a people, you're a people, you're a people. In his context, these people didn't have church buildings like this, and yet they were still the church because they were the people of God. It looks like a people. And so again, in our day today, it's really important that you know this. As much as I love church content, That is not the church. You browsing YouTube and watching different services and thinking, I went to church today or I'm experiencing church. You're not. Church is not content. It's a community you belong to. It's a community you participate in. So at some point, like the live stream is great because when you're out of town, you can still check in with us. At some point, new people, and this happens, like new people get to see what our church is like, like an HD Before they come, like, I'm thankful for it. It's an evangelistic tool, but it is not a replacement for the community of of Jesus Christ. Peter makes, you're a people. They don't even have buildings. You know what 1 Corinthians 3 says? The building, the temple is the people. It is the church. 
And so we see all throughout Scripture and all throughout the New Testament, we see 59 one another's. Because God wants to make it clear, you're this diverse yet unified people, and here's how you be the church, not just come to church. And so I'm just going to give you a few of them. There's 59 in the New Testament, one another's. I'm just going to give you a few. The first one is this. Here's what this looks like to be the people of God. We love and serve one another. John 13, 34 through 35. We're at peace with one another. Romans 12, 18. We bear with and forgive one another. Colossians 3, 18. We confess our sins to another, one another. James 5, 16. We pray for one another. 1 Timothy 2, 1. We strengthen and comfort one another. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. This is what it looks like. See, here's what I've realized in my life is that sometimes in my life, I will learn, grow, and be healed directly from God's word through his Holy Spirit. I'll be reading the word of God and Jesus will become illuminated to me in a special way and he'll forgive me of sin. I'll respond accordingly and no one else will be around. And that happens sometimes. But you know, the majority of the ways I grow and change and heal in Christ It's not just with God's word. It's God's word through God's people. It's the one another's. Anybody else experience that? It's the one another's. We experienced it on Easter. Listen, on Easter Sunday, just to give you a behind the scenes, Easter Sunday, we all get here super early in the morning. I walk in, and the first thing I heard from Kyle, our worship director, was, hey, come here. Our guitarist and one of the leaders in our church, him and his wife, they're little babies at PCH, Phoenix Children's Hospital, and is having trouble breathing. And we got to pray for Mateo. First thing, walk in, Easter, Super Bowl Sunday, right? And a little bit later, it's, hey, it's not just that. Actually, one of our singers, little Olivia, that has a voice of an angel. I don't know how she does that with that little body, but the girl can sing. And, and Kyle says, actually, you know, Olivia called this morning, and she has vertigo, and she's not sure if she's going to make it to church. And so we need to pray for her. And, and we didn't just pray, but we were trying to coordinate rides for Olivia because she had vertigo. And, and we were trying to coordinate even after that Sunday meals for the Harrison family because Mateo was in the hospital for multiple days. And, and listen, here's what was happening on Easter Sunday. There was church, and then behind the scenes, there was church. Church isn't just content to consume. It's a community to be a part of. It's a one-anothering. It's a serving and loving one another, being strengthened and comforted in one another. And some of you are thinking, well, Tim, I've been a part of my church, a part of a church for a long time, and I've never experienced that. Listen, the way you start experiencing that is you start extending that. You start being the person, you listen to a message like this, and you step out and think, who can I want another? Who can I serve? Who can I love? How many people in this room, their kid is sick right now. They're going through a health condition, and they just don't talk about it. How many people in this room are struggling with some individual private sins? And they're just not wanting to talk about it because they think there's going to be some shame and some some guilt associated with it. And how many people are in this room today, if you were to walk across the aisle and engage them and one another them, but somebody's got to step out. Somebody's got to step in. And that's what God is calling us into. You don't have to be a pastor to do this. 
You don't even have to be coming here for six and a half years to do this. You have to have the Holy Spirit of God within you. You have to be that person who was moved from darkness to light, not receiving mercy to receiving mercy. And God has given you everything you need to not just experience this community, but extend this community. See, as, again, as we look at the last year and a half, I believe we have been given many reasons to step out of this community. COVID, social distancing, literally told us to step out of community. And I'm not saying that shouldn't happen, but I'm saying that has an effect on some of y'all. Some of y'all that are watching on, uh, online, some of y'all are, that are in the room, you're not the same with people. Anybody get me? It's just a little bit different. Like even just our social cues are off. We're like, I do I hug? I fist bump? Like nothing? <laughs> like and I believe what God is doing, and, and part of the reason why we're going this series is going through the series is to remind us what it looks like not to step out, but to step in, because we have a lot of reasons to step out. Right? COVID, social distancing, the polarized politics. We got a lot of reasons. It's just easier to watch online. It's just easier to not talk to somebody today. It's just easier to just to go to another church and maybe they'll believe and, and everything will line up and my affinities and my political party. It's just easier and our culture is telling us just step out. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is saying, hey, there's some reasons to step out. There's a hundred more to step in. And God's inviting you, be the one who steps in. Phoenix Bible Church, can we be a people who step in? Who step in? And in the midst of the, the polarized world, and people are like, really? But you think differently? And you're like, why? Because of Jesus Christ. <laughs> what do you mean? Jesus Christ has reconciled me to himself and reconciled me to one another. That's why I get this. That's why Peter says... You're a chosen race, a holy nation, royal priesthood, all these things. This is who you are, a unified, diverse group of people. So that, did you catch that? That, here's your purpose, that we might proclaim the excellencies of him. You know, when people come together who are different and you step in for that, even when it's messy, you get to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ because that is different than the rest of the world and how they operate. And so we have a platform today to love one another well in the midst of our differences. And as we love one another well, and as we step in for that, we are not just loving one another well, we are loving the world well. That's how amazing the gospel of Jesus Christ is. That's what I'm inviting you into. So listen, if you're not in a community group, church is not a conference that meets 52 times a year. We do community throughout the week. We want you to get in one of those. If you say, if honestly, you're just like, Tim, I don't experience what you're saying. Stay for starting point today. It's gonna be right in the lobby, right outside. Even if you didn't register, we got food for you. We have people, leaders for you to meet. It's 30 minutes. Step in. There's a lot of reasons to step out. Step in. God is inviting you today to step in this community, to start today experiencing the beauty of diverse gospel community. So I would invite you to, to step in for that. And then I would invite you to sing. You know, one of the things I did miss, most of all in the quarantine time, was singing together. And I know it wasn't just me, because some of y'all came back to church, and on your first Sunday, before the message, I saw tears running down your face. Just, we didn't, 
get to sing together. We didn't hear this diverse group of people lifting our voices to the same Jesus. And so we're gonna end singing together. And I would encourage you to sing this out. We're gonna sing a song that was written in the sixth century, Be Thou My Vision, to say and declare, hey, this song has been translated in multiple different languages. All kinds of people throughout generations have sung this song. Different people, same Jesus. Be thou my vision, Jesus, once again, in the church of Jesus Christ. Let's step in for that. Let's sing and declare that. Father in heaven, God, I thank you for what you have accomplished through your gospel. God, I thank you that today we lift high the name of Jesus, his name alone. We honor Jesus. We exalt Jesus. We have been brought together because of Jesus. May that be the cry of our heart in this song, but God, may that be the cry of our lives at Phoenix Bible Church. May, be, may people look at us in this city and, and be so confused. And may our only explanation just be, Jesus. He's our vision. He's changed my life. He's reconciled me to himself, but he's also reconciled me to my brother and sister. God, may we give you glory because of how we participate in this beautiful, glorious, diverse gospel community. We pray that in the name of Jesus and everybody said, amen.